Hey, 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 chicas. Welcome to The Lavelda Show Women of Power podcast, the show where women share their personal power tools, the techniques, strategies, and ways of being which have enabled their business and life success. I'm your host, Lavelda Vincenzi, an international MC and host and female speaking business coach on a mission to unleash authentic, powerful female voices onto the world. This is a girl chat show like no other. All my guests get real, raw, and authentic whilst sharing pure gold. In today's episode, we'll be uncovering the power tools of Anuska Taylor. Anuska is an experienced London-based voice teacher, passionate educator, Yung Yang coach, and professional singer. She has been training clients for over a decade to find the full potential of their unique voice. Anuska offers transformational voice training for ambitious women who are ready to go to the next level in their business or career. They recognize the importance of their speaking voice to elevate their credibility, whether at industry events, as a keynote speaker, in meetings and presentations with clients or prospective clients, media interviews, podcasts, or to motivate and inspire their team. Anuska works privately with women around the world to help them with their confident, powerful, and expressive speaking voices so that they can make a bigger impact, influence, and persuade in their business and career. She combines four areas in her training, psychology, vocal techniques, storytelling, and mindset principles using Jungian psychology. She is a faculty member of the Albright Academy in London, an organization that supports female entrepreneurs and business owners. Having recently returned from living in Australia, she has also been engaged in working with companies including BMW and ACCC, Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. In this interview, Anuska reveals the surprising way in which your voice could be holding you back as we dive into what I am lovingly terming voice psychology, something I literally just learned in this interview. Now, listen, if you're ready to get more from sharing your expertise, use the link in the notes to download your free copy of my speaker marketing blueprint, your guide to building the speaker marketing assets that match and reflect your expertise and increase your fee regardless of if you're brand new to speaking or ready to level up your speaking career. You'll also find links to my latest offers in the show notes. At the time of recording this show, I've just opened the doors to my half day fix your speaker profile intensive program and you'll be able to find out all about it if you click on the link in the notes below. Now, finally, everything shared in this show you can find in the links, including the link shared by my guests. And ooh, just before we dive into it, please make sure that if you want to get your regular fix of this show, you either hit that subscribe button or subscribe to get notifications directly in your inbox. Now, frankly, I think that is more than enough from me for now. And really, seriously, we need to get into this because the voice psychology Anuska shares y'all need to hear. So let's get on with the show. Hey, 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 chicas, welcome back to the Lavelda Show season two. Mm, juicy. I, I can't even like, I'm, I'm beyond myself right now. So as y'all know, I am the person who is all about making sure that women's voices are empowered. So when I can find a voice coach to speak to who's female about what to do about your voice, 
voice so you sound powerful guess what i'm buzzing with excitement yes i am i totally am she's sitting here giggling at me like really lavelda i'm like yes really if this is your first time listening to this show um do go and have a look in the notes because everything we share today is going to be in the notes but the other thing is you can subscribe to make sure that you get updates directly into your inbox when a new episode's added we'll just email that straight on on to you so get to the end of the show love it hit that subscribe button and subscribe to get the links in your inbox so you don't have to go searching the other thing i want to say before we dive in straight away is the doors are open to my intensive um speaker profile program it's like half a day with me to update your speaker profile if you're one of those people who knows and in particular we're looking at linkedin here so if you're one of those folks who knows your linkedin is old and tired and decrepit and not helping you but you have not yet got around to doing anything about it this is your opportunity it's like a four-hour intensive guided session with me focused on implementation. So whilst I'll be speaking and sharing things to do, y'all are going to be doing it right there and then. So if you want details on that, again, in the show notes. But anyhow, enough about me, because we have a voice coach here and we need to get into this because I can't wait because it's going to be awesome. So please welcome to the show, Anuska Taylor. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Okay, I need to control myself here. <laughs> that was a very energetic intro. I love it. I do because I, I am genuinely really excited. Um, partially because I'm a speaker myself, but I think in this day and age in particular, especially with the year we've had, everything as business owners has had to move online really. We've had some windows of offline stuff, but the online stuff is really what has driven a lot of businesses, especially speakers, consultants, coaches. That's now become our lifeblood. And because on the one hand, it's great because everybody's online. So it's great. All those eyeballs. On the other hand, everybody's online. Yes. So totally distracted, yes. <laughs> like no ability to really focus on attention. And so therefore, whilst you can do the, how do I make a Zoom call more interesting piece? What you can also look at is how do I make it so that those people who would otherwise have me on in the background are listening? Because I know when a voice grates, I don't be listening. I'm not going to lie. I'm that person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the same. There's some I just, people I just cannot listen to and I won't mention any names, big famous names. I cannot listen to them. So, uh, the, the voice just grates. So yeah, Great. absolutely. So we're going to get into that because what I would really want to find out is what makes a voice work, like have gravitas and power and what things should we absolutely be avoiding so that we can be more powerful when we're speaking. But before we even do that, we need to find out who you be girl, because you know, how the hell did you even get into voice coaching? <laughs> how does one do this? How does one do this strange, weird career? Well, I started as a singer. Well, I'm still a singer, actually, uh, a professional singer. But that's where it all started. And then I trained to teach singing. And then actually the speaking work kind of happened accidentally. And it was very interesting, particularly after last week, with that post, I know that you commented on my post in LinkedIn about I am speaking and that whole big thing about um, being heard as women. That was actually my very first client that came to me who uh, basically didn't feel heard in a board meeting because she was in a room full of men. 
And she just came to me out of desperation, I think, because I wasn't even promoting myself as a speaking, a speaker trainer at that point. And she said, can you help me with my voice? Because no one's listening to me in meetings. And that's how it all started. And that was probably about seven or eight years ago in terms of working with speakers, I should say. So um, this sort of world has become so important to me now as a female business owner myself, but it just feels like more and more women of all ages are sort of stepping out and running businesses. And as you say, every man and his dog is now on YouTube, literally every man and his dog is now on YouTube. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, you know, you've got to stand out. It's not just enough anymore to have a video or have a podcast. Your voice is really gonna, and I, I always say to people, your voice is your audible business card. So it's really going to make or break it ultimately. The interesting thing is like, we kind of know this, but I know for me, I'm just going to be real and honest as a speaker. One of the first times I really started to take any interest in learning about my voice. Yes. I was a naughty speaker, you know, voice coaches wouldn't be, be happy with me was actually when I lost my voice or what I would find is I would do a two day gig and my voice would be tired, like really sore. And I have this sore throat, almost strained. And I thought this isn't going to work. <laughs> like, yes. How am I going to be going around speaking globally on stages? And at the end of these two day events where I'm giving all of this energy, I'm exhausted. I mustn't be using this instrument correctly. Like, Am I shouting the whole time? I'm watching my videos back and I was thinking that I was projecting, but I wasn't really projecting. I was just shouting down a microphone and hence my voice was, yeah, girl, mistake 101. You do not need to shout. The microphone does all the work. <laughs> but, but there was something about wanting to kind of be excited and be powerful and be capture attention. And I thought I had to do that by shouting. So do you find that a lot of women who come to you come to you because there is a problem. Something's gone wrong and now it's a case of I need to fix this. Like the late, like your very first client who said, nobody's listening. Absolutely. And sadly, what you're saying is so true, even for people like yourself that totally rely on their voice for their livelihood, that they only come and find someone like myself when they're consistently losing their voice when their voice is always tired at the end of the day, at the end of the week, when there's some sort of strain that just is really feeling uncomfortable, all sorts of reasons people come to see me, but it's usually because there's a problem that they, they now really can't ignore anymore. And I think that is human nature to a certain extent. I think we all do that in different ways, but it's, it's a shame because there's so much potential in our voice that I think it's, a, it's almost a waste to wait until your voice is falling apart to come and see someone like myself. You're, I mean, you're right. So say that being said, um, what are the, like, if you were to say there were like three or four things that really we should just stop doing with immediate effects. <laughs> Do not wait, you know, Monopoly, don't wait, don't pass, go, like go straight to jail sort of thing, like <laughs> stop doing this immediately. Yeah. What would those things be? Well, one of the things that is a huge issue for women, I see particularly, is this whole idea of lowering their speaking pitch to sound more authoritative. And 
you don't want to artificially lower your voice. And some women actually do this and they're so conscious that their voice is too high and too girly. And we do have an optimal speaking pitch, each of us individually. And what people tend to do when they're not trained and they don't understand is they think, I'm just going to drop my voice to sound more authoritative. The mm -hmm. problem with that is then in order to project your voice, you have to push it and strain it to be heard. And often a lot of people come to me because their voice is strained and tired because they've dropped their pitch because they think that's the only way to get any kind of sense of authority and gravitas and to be taken seriously with their voice. But there is a better way, which is what I help people with work from your optimal pitch and your voice will always be more powerful and more authoritative from that place versus this strained, tight, fatigued place. Mm -hmm. So that would be a big thing. And that's something I pretty much work with every single woman. I think I see doesn't matter where they're from in the world. It's um, really interesting because we talk a lot about um, authenticity hmm. and, and yet sometimes with our voice, we can take our place to ourselves to a very inauthentic space. So it's really interesting to hear you say, actually the most authoritative voice you have is your own. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I mean, this is a big part of my work as well. It's, it's, you know, I mean, this, this is probably a whole other podcast, but in, in terms of what our voice is representing and we we really do put all these sort of um limitations and we really shut our voice down and actually our true voice is what i help people discover and that is the voice that's actually going to engage people not this voice i have to put on to be something that i think people want or even to because i don't want people to hear me because i don't think i've got anything to say or i don't think people are going to listen to me it's when you connect to that true voice that we all have, that is going to connect people to you. But unfortunately, we learn from, very, from a very young age, mm. to start to shut that voice down. And so we create all these barriers with tension, with, um, you know, we, we start to kind of manipulate our voice in many different ways. So we end up actually so far away from our true voice, which is really sad. And so for me, it's bringing people back. And one of those things is pitch. You know, we all have a natural pitch. And if you work with what nature gives you, it, things just work. I mean, the voice will be, the voice will function from that place a million times better than forcing it from an unnatural place. Trying to be, trying to make it be somebody that you're not. It's real. I mean, it's really powerful and I've never heard it put like that before in terms of actually you don't need to make your voice higher or lower it's about learning how to work within that optimal range. And regardless of what your natural pitch is, it's still powerful. It's not a matter of your high pitch is not powerful and a low pitch is, because that's normally what we're taught. Low pitch, powerful, high pitch, not so powerful. But you Definitely. can be powerful in both of those spaces and keep your voice. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the most important bit. So the first thing is to honor your own pitch. What would, what would totally. something else be that you see us women, really, we should just stop doing it? Well, one of the things which I'm, I'm going to use sort of a strange sort of way of maybe expressing this, but one of the things is people almost sort of swallow their voice. They sit on their voice at the back. So it's like a, uh, a kind of croaky, raspy. Um, it's almost like a slightly 
I think best, the best way to describe it is like a swallowed voice. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is another huge thing I work with people. And so what you want is to, is to really uh, think about your voice at the end of your lips versus in your throat. throat. Okay. And so you're talking more up here versus talking back here, which sounds yes. like your voice is, yeah. So, yeah, and, and that, that is, um, so when, when you combine the pitch with the voice sitting at the back of the throat, you are waiting to have a voice that fatigues, that you lose your voice, that's not going to project, that's not going to have any expression because you can't get anything from that place. And it's just going to be exhausting to speak from that place. So I am seeing so many metaphors. I'm like, wait a minute. It's like you want to be seen, but you don't really want to be seen. You want to be heard, but you don't really want to be heard. It's that really kind of letting, letting go. Girl, I did not know this role went so deep. Oh, I mean, I, another, a big part of my work is I'm also a Jungian coach. So the psychologist Carl Jung was a famous um, sort of the father of um, analytical psychology. And a big part of what I do is really understanding what is really driving this fear of being heard because women say they're not heard and they have a problem with being not heard, but actually they don't really want to be heard on some unconscious level. And so that's why they create these habits, not, and none of this is conscious. So they'll swallow their voice. They'll talk really low. They'll do, they'll put all these blocks on their voice because on some level, they don't want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what I do with people as well is let's examine what someone that is heard is like and what is it that you fear about being heard. And you have to work with that. Otherwise, you're just working on the surface. If we just do the technical stuff, you'll just go back because on some level you don't want to be heard. And I think it's a huge issue for women. So it, it's got to be addressed sort of... Uh, and when I say psychologically, I don't mean from a therapy model, from a, mm-hmm. from a coaching model, but it has to be addressed on a deeper level because otherwise you're just, as, as my coach says, you're just rearranging the furniture and you're making things a bit better, but you're just going to go back because there's a deeper fear. It's interesting because we understand this from a money perspective, right? It's kind of like, oh, we can teach you all of these things, but if you have, what do we call them? Like money blocks. Mm. Um, And this is feeling very similar. It's like, if you have voice blocks, if you have genuine blocks about being heard, what you think that's going to mean or a fear of being heard, then there's this, this tussle, internal tussle that's going on. I'm going to get myself out there, but I don't, I'm not really going to get myself out there. So it's almost as if the voice becomes the place to um, undermine yourself and, and what's the word I'm looking for? where you self-sabotage, that's it. Your voice becomes a place for you to self-sabotage. I had never heard of it like this before. Totally. And because people think their voice is just the way it is, they don't see their voice in that way. But your voice is a representation of your mind. And so when you put all these blocks in, there's a part of you that doesn't want to to be heard. And you have to examine that. And uh, the, the voice we create is not random. It's, it's, um, you know, it's a product of our upbringing, it's a product of our culture and our surroundings and all of that, but it can be changed. And I think that's a big thing for women too, that you don't have to suffer. You don't have to, you know, live with these limitations or fears or whatever it is, you can change it. And I think people think that their voice is just the way it is. So there's no point or it will be too hard. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. (laughs) 
have you had a voice journey? I'm just curious now, how do you get into, because there's voice coaches and then there's you. I mean, it's a different ball game because I have never, I mean, there may be some others out there. Call me. Yeah. Um, I heard of other voice coaches who really deal with the psych, I'm going to call it the psychology of your voice. I'm making it up as I go. I'm no. putting words in this woman's mouth now. I like <laughs> but I don't, I don't know of any other voice coaches who deal with the psychology of your voice and and especially for women who, I mean, I know I had a lot of times where I was like, nobody's hearing me. Like I'm talking, but they're not hearing me. <laughs> it's like a constant complaint. Why can you not hear me? Yes. And my voice is drowned out amongst other things. And, and almost a, a way of dealing with that is just to talk louder, to be slightly more obnoxious, to be more extravagant, to have something bigger to say, to, to put on a bigger show. Um, and yet then you can see others whose voices are heard, yet they're quiet and they're un, unassuming. But yet every time they speak, people are gripped to that voice. Did you have a personal journey that brought you to evaluating voice? Uh, totally. I mean, it's and it's an ongoing journey, to be honest. I mean, I because it all sort of stem. I mean, I know we sort of go it stems from childhood, but it really does stem from childhood. And I think for me personally, growing up in my own sort of surroundings and where I lived was that I never felt heard unless I was singing. And so I think that's why I started singing at such a young age, because I could sing. And when I sang, people shut up and they listened to me. But when I spoke, I didn't feel heard. And so it's been a journey for me as well. It's been as much when I'm teaching people, I'm almost, you know, I think the saying goes that we teach others what we most need to learn ourselves. And so it's been a journey for me. I mean, I trained to be a Jungian coach. So I've been through the whole Jungian process of working with my own mind. And absolutely, it's just more subtle, I think, for me now, because I have so much technical and functional understanding of my voice that I can kind of, I know what's going on. I know, I know what you're doing mind and I know you're trying to sabotage me there. So mine can be a bit more subtle now. And it could be, you know, for example, it could be tongue tension for me that, you know, is very subtle, but when you've got a good coach that can hear it, they're like, why are you doing that with your tongue? You know? And so for me, it's probably a little bit more subtle now, but absolutely. I mean, I'm still trying to sabotage myself and I have to be on the ball all the time because of that growing up in that home where I didn't feel heard unless I was singing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's really, really interesting. It sounds quite therapeutic. And I'm, I'm listening and going, the, the applications of this, because normally we think of voice coaching purely for, well, predominantly for singing and acting. And yeah. then, then for speakers who've lost their voices. Yes. <laughs> that's really the only time our speakers think about a voice coach. But um, you know, unless you're in a high flying corporate role in which you're given somebody to help you to speak on stages in our day to day lives as women, we don't, we, we don't really think of how we use our voice, pitch it, et cetera, as being a mechanism that is a unconscious self-sabotage or a way that's, that's helping us not to be heard because there's something much deeper going on there that we don't want to say. And so it's almost as if we muster up the courage to say it and then everything about us is like, yeah, but they ain't going to hear it. Like I'm just, this voice mechanism is just going to shut it down. So even though you've, you, you've mentally got yourself to the place where you're ready to have the conversation, your voice is going to sabotage you here so that, so that we can continue to run that story if you're never heard. Totally. 
totally. And, and I think that's why you have to work on it on the deeper level as well. Um, because you will sabotage and we, we all do it in different ways in our lives. I mean, we all can sabotage ourselves if we really don't want to do something. So, and I find this too with, with people that will sort of, you know, speak to me about my work and they're like, Oh, I'm not sure I've really got time to do it at the moment. Or, um, I'm not sure I've really got the finances to do it at the moment or, or they start working with me and then I have every excuse under the sun why they haven't done any practice, but really, if they were to do the deeper inner work, it's actually because they fear having the powerful voice because the powerful voice means you're going to be heard. And what does that mean? That means that people are gonna potentially criticize you, analyze you, ridicule you, humiliate you. You're gonna be out there and that's what we really fear. And so we, sab we don't even let ourselves get to the point where the voice can really be strong and powerful because we so fear more the result of that. I think yeah. we fear our success more than, than our failures, to be honest. Yeah, what if I am actually heard and then I do catapult out into the world and I'm being powerful and then, I mean, to be honest, the, the, I'm just taken back to the quote that really led to the two of us connecting, which was that political debate where, <laughs> where, where that famous phrase, um, I'm speaking. Yes. Has been coined. And I think it speaks to the core of what a lot of women uh, experience, sometimes on a day-to-day -day basis, or sometimes just in an area of life. You know, yes. I'm fine at work, but at home, my husband never hears me, or at home, my kids never hear me, or my friends never hear me, but everywhere else is fine. Or I'll say it and nobody listens, but somebody else says exactly the same thing. And they're all like, oh my God, that's such an amazing idea. <laughs> yeah, totally. So totally. it's, it's really cool to kind of hear that there's a different approach to looking at this and there are those layers and this thing we call our voice is another, yet another area for us power, powerhouses to explore. Totally. Beyond just, can I sing and do I have tone? But what is, what is the psychology that's going on here whereby I may not be being powerful because I'm unconsciously sabotaging my voice so I can't be heard as powerfully as possible. And I yeah. don't think it's an area we even consider to look at very often. No, and I think it, you have, that there has to be an element of taking responsibility for no one listens to me because it's easy to blame men or your boss or your husband, but you have to, the first step is really, okay, on some level, I don't want to be heard. And you have to start to accept that. And then you have to examine, why would I not want to be heard? What, what am I really fearing from being heard? Because when you start to shift that and you really get to the deeper reasons, people around you do start to change and you do start to notice people listen to you and they take you more seriously. And that's certainly what I have noticed in my own life when I used to feel really no one heard me unless I sang. It really has changed because my internal, you know, that deeper work I've done has, I, I just, it's just changed so much. So the external then changes. We're talking a lot about power and being heard. And of course we're relating this as much as possible to women because you know this is the Women of Power show. So of <laughs> course that's who we'd be speaking to. Yeah. But I'm now ridiculously curious about what it is that you think makes a woman powerful. Because I just think our definitions of power 
and what we define as a powerful person are sometimes driven so heavily by our own personal experiences mm. of life and our own um, ups and downs, our culture, our upbringing, etc. And from the perspective of your voice journey, I'm now really excited to hear what you think makes a woman powerful. Well, in my, in my mind, what makes a woman powerful is her connection to herself on a deep level, because I think that is what the world is going to show you. So the, the, we live in a world of mirrors. So the more you connect to that inner part of yourself, which sounds a bit woo-woo, but it's, it's really been everything for me on my journey the world literally changes before your eyes in the external world. And that is kind of what you said before. There's some people that, that shout and no one listens to them. And then there's some people that have that kind of quiet kind of confidence and everyone's like hanging off their every word. I believe the difference is because they really on a deep level know that they are of value and they have something important to share. And that's what the world shows them. And so that inner sort of connection to self, that trust in your intuition, um, that trust in your imagination, that, that kind of spiritual, that other part of ourselves, for me, that's where your power, your true power lies. Mm, I love that. And it's not, I don't think it's necessarily about, because I want people listening going, oh, if I'm shouting, I'm not powerful. And if I'm not shouting, I am powerful. No. <laughs> That's not no. what we're saying. Mind, you know, if, yeah, it's like what is which one is authentically you, right? Yeah. For some people, the shouting is not really how they communicate. They're not naturally that sort of bubbly. Like if you see me in person and I'm in a good, this is how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> This is just yeah. me. I also have quieter moments. Like I'm not like this all the time, but I will also have reflective moments where I'll go a little bit deeper, but I'm more likely to have more peaks in a talk that you see me do. Cause that's me. Yes. There's other people who actually a lot of their talks or a lot of the way that they communicate tends to just, you listen to them, you sigh, you, you quieten and that's what they bring. It kind of brings that inner reflection. One isn't right and the other's wrong. They're just different. The yeah. problem is if you, if you go to pick up the one that isn't you, like back to what you said earlier about you have your natural pitch, stick with it, own your yeah. lane. <laughs> and I think you have to be honest with yourself. And this is where the self-reflection and self-awareness comes in. Am I shouting or talking loudly because I'm trying to be heard from a place of fear? Or is this genuinely who I am? And I think we know on a deep level that I don't feel heard. So now I have to be like over the top and really loud to get heard or quiet because I don't want people to listen to me. But actually, I feel I've got something to share, but I, I'm just not going to share it. So I think it goes both ways. But it, it, for me, it comes back to your own self-awareness. And you know, I think on a deep level, whether it's genuine and authentic or not. Yeah, I think if somewhere in your mind, you've, you, if somewhere before you spoke, you thought I have to, then you're probably about to walk yourself right down on inauthentic path of communication. Yes, yes. You know, you, should, you shouldn't have to think about how do I show up? You just be. Right? Yes. So I think that's really powerful, that, yes. inner, that inner journey. Fabulous. Now we're at the crux of things. <laughs> and we're at, mm, girl, I'm going to go deep. So I, I ask all of my guests a slightly mean question that you do have some time to prepare for because I'm not that mean, even though I like to ask a mean question. But I ask it because I'm, 
I'm like on this journey to understand what defines power in women. Mm -hmm. And what I found for myself and many of my clients is that we have this nasty tendency as women to look at what everybody else is doing and then be like, mm, girl, I can't do that. Mm, I'm not like them. It was all right for her, but yes. for me, it's not okay. So for me, I, um, years ago, and I may have told this story before, when I was interviewing Monica Lewinsky, I had this moment behind stage to speak to her before I got on the stage. And I remember going in, I was nervous as all hell, because I was like, oh my gosh, it's Monica. <laughs> and I went in to have a chat with her, and she was nervous as all hell too. And I just thought, huh. <laughs> apparently we've all got this human spark within us. I mean, she's out doing incredible things around cyberbullying and anti-cyberbullying, not doing cyberbullying, but anti-cyberbullying. <laughs> you know what I mean? As I said it, I was like, I actually mean the reverse of that. Um, but what that taught me was how important it is for us to see behind that persona or that facade and not necessarily like it's a facade but our perceptions based yeah. on just one flat dimension hence why i ask people this question because i feel like as individuals listening into this show we can take something from this that we can actually do that brings us closer to the essence of a powerful woman that we relate to right so the question is this if I was to take everything that you've ever done in your life and business, we would line it all up and you'd analyze it and we were to boil your success, just the successful things, we were to boil it down to just three things to say, these are the things, just these things alone have been absolutely pivotal to my success in life and business. Mm. What would they be? So we'll start with your first one. I call them your power tools. Power tools. Oh, well... Um, there's a bit of a theme in everything I'm saying today. So I'm going to stick with the theme of the mind. So the first thing is a growth mindset for me. That's been everything. And that's really about how you see the world. Do you see it from a place of abundance and possibility? Or do you see it as a place of lack and limitation? And if you see lack and limitation, sorry, if, you, if, if, that, if that's your assumption, that's what you'll see. And so I think there's always opportunity, even during times like COVID, you know, it, it's actually been for many businesses an amazing time of growth. And I think it's how you see it. And um, one of the books, I've actually got it here, Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield, um, he sort of talks about that kind of mindset of a professional and the difference between that and an amateur. And that has been a huge thing for me, how you show up, how you see the world, you don't give up when you, you know, you have obstacles. You don't think, oh, that's too difficult. I'm just not going to do it. You keep moving forward. And that is so important. Mm -hmm. um, do you want me to go on to number two? I, I mean, I was just going to comment and say I mm -hmm. love that because I have found there is a huge amount of subtlety in this growth versus uh, or we're stuck and it can just be that sometimes when things aren't going well all you're focusing on is the things that aren't going well and it's yeah. it's it's like a natural default that we kind of have to be very conscious of to overcome because yeah. that's how you end up in those what we what we experience is a downward spiral it's like one thing after another thing well you just keep looking for the things yes, <laughs> right? exactly. you just keep looking for the things that aren't going right yeah and yet at the same time 
there's there's also something going absolutely great, but we can't see it because we've lost a client, but we'll forget the fact that we just got an amazing discount on something that we bought, but that client left, right? Um, or, you know, you've just made, met an amazing person or a new connection, but it's the same time that you lost a client. So you'll focus on the lost client rather than focusing your attention on the new opportunity that's come in. And I, especially over the last kind of few months, have really become so aware of how thin that line is and how yeah. easy it is to jump across to one side and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm an abundant thinker. And the whole time my brain is just going, but then this happened and then this happened and that's not working and there's not enough of this and this is missing. And the reality is my mind is just full of lack, 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 lack. Yet I would like to say I am a very abundant thinker. <laughs> <laughs> but, I think, but I think that's very, that's the, the natural mind does look for problems and does look for limitation because that's how we survive um i think it's just re putting retraining it and refocusing so i think there's always going to be an element of that but do you live in that space 80 percent of the time or 20 percent of the time and i think it's just changing how often you live in that space because i think there's always going to be an element of that um, but also I was going to say too, I mean, the mind has a, um, a confirmation bias. So we, we're always going to see what we think is there. And so the more you notice abundance, the more you, sorry, the more you train yourself to notice it, the more you see. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, it's a great exercise that I recommend, which is a daily gratitude or I used to say to people, look, if each day you could just write down three things in which you could say evidence that the universe is on my side, just three silly little things. Like you got to the bus stop just as the bus arrived, you know, perfect. Mm. Those little like magical moments that we brush over during the course of the day, just to get really good at noticing it and taking a moment to let it have some space. Because in the same token, if we have to wait for a while in a queue, or if we just miss the bus, trust me, we will give that time. <laughs> yeah. We'll give that a huge amount of time and attention. But if we just catch the bus, that's yes. like a fleeting moment. And so to get as good at noticing those beautiful little moments where life is like, here you go, here you go. Yeah. Um, as much as we notice the little moments in which we think it's against us. So, that, I mean, it's a really great point that you put there. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff about your mind and what you're noticing and being in a growth mindset, number one. Yes. And your second power tool. So number two, I suppose, everything's kind of interrelated, but is passion. Because I think you really have to truly love what you do. And we were sort of talking about this before we started recording. There's certain elements of running a business, which I don't, I could quite happily not do, but because I love what I do so much, it's, it's just, I, I just do it. And I, I accept it's just part of having a business. And so passion, I think will always see you through the obstacles, the resistance, the fears. If you've got a bigger reason to be doing it and a bigger calling and a bigger passion, if you don't, if you're just doing it for the money and because you're just trying to earn some money, I, I, I think it's really hard to sustain a business when you're purely doing it for money. I think you, you have to first and foremost love it. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think there's got to be, because people would say, find your passion. And I didn't know what the hell that meant. I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I'm passionate about. 
<laughs> I was totally that person. What do you mean find my passion? Um, what I've come to see is it's what do I actually enjoy doing? I'm just going to do that stuff, right? And yeah. then let the monetary opportunities kind of come from outside of that. Because there's, I mean, I discovered there's loads of things I can coach people on. Just some of it, it's really fun for me and I really enjoy it. And I come away from those engagements um, uplifted and I don't want to cl- cancel those client calls, even if I'm having a really bad day, because I know the calls give me energy rather than take me, take it away from me. Yes. And there's other things I do where I'm looking for a reason to not do it. I'm like, girl, yes. please, mm. do I have to? <laughs> yes. And yes. if you've got too many of those, do I have to bits of things in your business, then you're probably not doing something you're passionate about. There's always going to be things you don't love doing, yes. but if at the core of it, there's something you thoroughly enjoy yeah. then it's easier to do. I'm going to tell you a podcast is a lot of down work. True say, if you're thinking of starting one, it's a lot of work. Yes. Start one on something you actually like talking to people about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I think, I think in any, whatever your area of business is, I think the first thing you you have to cultivate, if you don't already have the passion, you really have to cultivate that passion in whatever way you have to do it. So that's number two. Put passion in it, pick something you're passionate about, do what you're passionate about. And then what would number three be? So it's kind of all, everything's kind of related. Um, Number three would be a lifelong learner. I think it's so important to keep growing, whether that's with, um, you know, in my, I'll use my, my example, but, you know, whether it's working on your own mind and all of that sort of stuff, but also for me, just the voice world is just vast and it's ever changing. And I love the fact that I don't know everything. And I'm very honest about the fact I don't know everything about the voice. I'm always learning. And that really excites me when I find new books, when I hear new things, I'm like, oh my goodness, I never knew that. So I get excited, but it's kind of all linked. Um, and I think- Yeah, yeah. I, can see, I can see how you wouldn't want to learn more about something you weren't passionate about. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So it is all kind of linked. And, and I think it makes me a better teacher because I'm constantly learning. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I know everything there is to know and, you know, I, I never, I, I think it's, um, it makes it exciting to be honest. Cause you're like, what are they going to discover next week? Yeah. So I really love what you said there about the two things being interco- interconnected mm. because I, I can tell you for a fact, I don't know that I would continue to do this podcast if I didn't enjoy talking about what I'm talking about. So I think you have to pick something you're passionate about such that when you hit those blocks that we talked about earlier, the things you don't want to do that aren't that excited, you're driven to go past it. Cause like if we take the example of building a sales page, if you yes. had something you weren't that excited about selling, why are you going to want to figure out how to sort a sales page out? You just, you just cannot find the drive to get past that situation. Yes. And I also just think there's an arrogance if you think you know it all. And yes. it's disrespectful to your clients. I'm going to say it. It is disrespectful for your clients for you to think that you've hit a point where you kind of know it all. Because things are changing so much yes. um, that it's useful that each time a client comes back to you, you've got something new. It's like, a, it's like an upgraded version of me you get. Like who you knew a year ago and who you know now, it's a, it's a new version. I've been learning since then. So I love that idea of 
continuing to dive deeper and learn more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the whole point of, we're getting really deep now, but I think that's really the whole point of life is growth and learning and bettering ourselves. And, you know, and so for me, it's just a part of why I'm here is to, to keep growing and keep learning. You are the most philosophical voice coach I have ever encountered. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm kind of loving this. I'm like, it's, I'm loving this. I'm like, it's a voice coach who's philosophical, who is into uh, psychology and mindset and spirituality and brings all of that to your voice so that it's not just about let me go through the mechanics of your voice but a lot deeper than that and oh. so there are going to be people listening who like me are kind of like wow <laughs> and this isn't any old voice coach I feel like there's some I feel like I'm going to get more than my what I bargained for if I went on to work with her. So I know you came with a little gift for our guests. Do you want to tell us a little bit? Yes. About it? So one of the things I like to do with people is offer them a, what I call a voice audit. And it's essentially a one-on-one -on -one with me. It will be about 20 minutes. And I will help you to identify where your voice is holding you back. Because often we don't know what is truly holding our voice back. It could be some psychological stuff, but there's probably going to also be some functional and technical things too. And often what we think is the problem isn't the problem. So you might be working on the wrong problem. I can't project my voice and you think you have to do X, Y, Z, but actually it might be a pitch issue or it could be a, it could be all manner of reasons. It could be articulation. So I can help you identify what is holding you back. It might be one or two things. And hopefully that gives you a little bit more understanding of your voice and how to get more from it. That is super cool. You need to get that. The link is in the show notes, by the way. So it's a 20 minute yes. voice audit to understand yes. where, what you can do that will give you a voice with more gravitas and what problems yes. you're having. So you can really understand how to take your voice to another level. Wonderful. Yes. And for people who would like to connect with you, what platforms, yes. what are your favorite platforms? Like, where do we find you? Well, Facebook is probably my main sort of coaching platform, which is Anuska Vocals. But I am also on Instagram, but that's more as a singer. So you can go there, but uh, the coaching side is on Facebook or my website, anuskataylor.com, which you can find all the links to everything. Everything's in the show notes. <gasps> Blazing Nora, we have been on a journey today. I, <laughs> I was not expecting this. People think I know what's going to happen on this show. I don't. I have some idea, but I'm not that clued up. Um, I really wasn't expecting this. Thank you so much for sharing so many insights that many people listening like myself may never have even considered around our voice and mm. not just about the tonality and how we use it, but the deeper um, underlying things that maybe our voice is stopping us from getting to because there might be something a lot deeper to have a look at, which I had not even considered. Mm. Um, I would love for you to, because we've spoken about so much today, um, if you were just to leave our guests with just one thing, what would that be? Well, I think probably the most important thing to take away is that small shifts make a huge difference with your voice. 
So if you're not 100% happy with your voice in whatever way, don't think you're going to have to spend 10 years in voice training. It really is usually very, very small, slight changes, and you can change your voice if you want to, but it's not big, drastic things that are probably going to be required. Wonderful. Anuska, you've been absolutely phenomenal as a guest. If you've listened all the way to the end here, well, you've been phenomenal as a listener. You could take that to a whole nother level if you hit that subscribe button, which I strongly <laughs> recommend that you do. Remember, I had the doors are open at the moment to my intensive speaker profile um, training. You are more than welcome to join that. If, again, the links are all in the bio. It's four hours with me guided to get it done, not to faff around. Until next time, this has been my guest, Anuska Taylor. Yay. It's been me, Lavelda Vincenzi. You've been listening to The Lavelda Show, Women of Power podcast. Now you need to go out there and use your voice for good. Book yourself onto one of Anuska's 20 minute training sessions or 20 minute audits so you can understand how to absolutely powerfully use your voice. Until next time, Chicas. Ciao.